0: Hey guys, it's Kristen here. Um, If you missed our episode earlier this week, um, it was the first half of this discussion on Solo. Um, So, if you have seen Solo and you're interested in that, go ahead and uh, go back to Tuesday's episode um, where you can hear the first half of this. Um, But we decided to cut this into two episodes because it is just so dang long. We had a lot of big thoughts and feelings about the movie. So, stay tuned for that. And we will talk to you guys next week, where we will continue our discussion of Catalyst by James Luceno.
1: of the pod Maya at Rose on Twitter, um, has 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 is a little bit peeved at Star Wars right now. So she asks, um, why does franchise think it's better to have Legends Easter eggs and bring back sh- shit no one cares about instead of creating fresh new content that's enjoyable to more than just the handful of fans who pride themselves on their extensive Star Wars knowledge? And you know what? There, there there's something to that because, um, you know, on the one hand, we have this um. Again, this new Star Wars era that's being kicked off by The Force Awakens, um, in which there's basically been a reset on most Star Wars stories. And it's hard right now, I guess, because, you know, you have to have buy-in from people who have been reading Legends, you know, the old EU for a million billion years and still appeal to people who are just seeing this as an opportunity to get into star Wars, um, you know, maybe solo is their first star Wars movie, that sort of thing. It's, it's hard because right now we're at, we're really in this transition phase and we're only just starting to move out of it. I want to say, um, you know, with all of the new, uh, creators they're bringing in, whether or not these are the right creators bring in, you know, we can debate that forever and ever. Um, but you know, either way, it's, 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 At the end of the day, it's, it's hard, but we have to remember that, you know, making, making movies, making TV shows, making books, it's all, it's all business. And they, they had to have this break. and as annoying as it can be. um, And as much as, you know, I mean, and it can be annoying from my standpoint, honestly, because like, I didn't read Legends and they're like having all these references and people are just like losing their minds. I'm like, I don't fucking get it, but Yeah. Hopefully we are finally moving into a stage where we can have stories that are still interconnected, but, um, you know, are fresh and new and please for the love of all that is holy are being told by more than just old white dudes. Cause I'm tired.
2: Yeah. I think one more thing on the legends aspect. I didn't, I wasn't really bothered by the legends Easter eggs because I just didn't Notice them. I think the only reason. Yeah, we noticed, I totally missed I mean, them. I, I the re- mean, I think yeah. the only reason we notice them is because. I'm like, there
0: are legends these I times. know. <laughs> yeah,
2: like the only reason that we notice them is because we follow people who read legends on Twitter.
0: Exactly. Like, and
2: like, which is, yeah. which is, which is fine. And again, this kind of gets back to the concept of making sure that every entry point is an entry point. Like if it ever, do- if it does get to the point where it's like, you're just saying things that are supposed to be punchlines and I don't get it.
1: Right. Like
2: then that's a problem. Right. And I, and I understand that some people say that about Maul, um, which... Whatever. Again, we can agree to disagree. But to me, like, Legends Easter eggs don't bother me because they don't take anything out of the story. Like, they don't subtract right. anything from my experience. They add to other people's experience. Right,
1: exactly. Like, I would describe myself, um, you know, before I saw Clone Wars as being a hashtag casual Star Wars fan. Honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all it's all whatever. Like, I don't... You know, I can read the Thrawn books and I can enjoy, for example, Thrawn on Rebels and not know anything of his history in Star Wars. And I s- still think he's a great character. Maya, I know you fucking hate Thrawn, but
0: <laughs> just for an example. I love Thrawn. Sorry. No, that's good. Just adding that in. <laughs> as always.
1: Okay, so... As promised at the beginning, at the top of the episode, we are going to move on to issues of representation because we got many, 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 many questions and comments from folks on this topic, as we should have, because it's fucking important. So we are going to start with, interestingly, Dryden Boss. Um, so Abby Gleason, uh, front of the pod, uh, one of the co-hosts of Beltway Banthas. Yay, Abby. Um. So she says, thoughts on the fucking infuriating Dryden Voss part of this article. And she gave us a link to an article from HuffPo um, about some of the changes that were made to Solo after Ron Howard was brought on board. And one of those was that um, Michael K. Williams originally was supposed to be um, the villain character, but he couldn't actually do reshoots when Ron Howard was brought on board because he was um, busy with other engagements. And so uh, he was replaced with Paul Bettany. Which I, you know, just forever fucking screaming into a bag that you replaced uh, Michael Williams with a goddamn white man. But sh- sure, Jan. Um, so there's that aspect of it. But uh, the second part of it is that um, Ron Howard had to open his big fat fucking mouth and um, explain his art, quote unquote artistic vision for Dryden Voss. Um, and I want to say that for me personally, I didn't necessarily mind Paul Bettany's character, you know, independent of any other factors so much in the film because i thought he did a really interesting job um with not a lot of time and a character that could have been really fucking boring however as i said ron howard had to go ahead and explain that um the way he envisioned dragon Balls was as um a romantic competitor to han for hero's affections which is Oh my god, the worst, most horrible fucking thing I've ever heard in my life because he's so goddamn rapey, and I can't believe that. I mean, I can because older white men, but he, that Ron Howard framed him as being anywhere on par with being as acceptable a romantic interest as Han. It's just like fucking wild. Just, it just makes me so angry.
2: Yeah. Hard to I agree. Just- I, and, I'll, and
1: I'll link to that article in the episode description.
2: I I I like Paul Bettany, but I don't understand. Like, I I understand why he was cast in this movie, because they needed somebody, and the movie was, like, on the rails, and Ron Howard was comfortable with him. I get that.
0: Stupid question. What else was he in? Um,
2: he's in The Avengers. He was in Da Vinci no. Code. He was in...
0: Da Vinci Code It's probably what I know. Have you from. seen A
1: night's Tale with Heath Ledger?
0: No. Oh my God, uh, guys, probably. he's Chaucer, but just not for a million. Uh, um, okay. which
1: is his best role, obviously. If you haven't seen *A Night's Tale, you need to go watch it because it's a fucking wonderful movie. But it, it, God rest, he has like his soul. But anyway, Chris, you were saying,
2: um, yeah, I just so part of part of this article that was interesting was that they like changed the like changed the whole dynamic with which is what you were getting, okay? But they changed the whole dynamic when they brought, um paul bettany on paul bettany on thank you wow um yeah that was bad um (laughs) and that is interesting and kind of frustrating to me because honestly like that plot felt so like honestly amelia clark saved that with her like just disinterest in him as a romantic partner
1: and, honestly, fear and disgust in yeah. him, which, which also makes uh, Ron Howard's framing of this super problematic. Yeah,
2: but, like, that's a boring framing, also. Right. <laughs> like, speaking of, like, having the same voices in here and putting the same story over and over again, that's a really boring framing.
0: Oh my god, tell me about it. Like, how many fucking weird villains do we have that act just like that, but we have no idea what their motivations are, other than being dead? I know! I know! Exactly. Lots. The other lots. <laughs> and um, ty- also was not he an alien? Yeah. He yes. alien? He was a human. He was a humanoid so, alien. Are we getting there? So, yeah, Sorry, I am getting there. Um,
1: so Tyler, um, as part of his um series of comments and questions, he wanted to ask us, um, part of part of his question was, how do you think the movie would have been different if Rishu had not forced him to recast um, Dryden Boss? So of course, part of it is that Michael K. Will- Williams would have been in the role, but also, um. Voss was originally intended to be a Lassat, interestingly. um, Which, honestly, would have made him a more interesting character just because, number one, at least we've would had a significant non-human character on the screen. Um, Star Wars' history of covering up actors of color by making them aliens, notwithstanding. But also, we know from Rebels that um, the Lassats have this long, terrible history um, from the Empire of, you know, the, we, don't, we don't really know whether this is before or after the genocide on Lasan, but the fact that that is a factor here, I think could, and us, you know, just um, really involve Soros fans knowing that history could have mm-hmm. added so much depth to that character, um, you know, without even saying anything, but just making him a Lasat that we just don't get from Bob Bettany's character like I said that I think he did a pretty good job with what he was given but that doesn't mean that he was given a lot or that he's an interesting character he just
0: you know he took it and he did something with it right yeah like having we'd never seen that species of alien before right It's a Kristen
2: no I think she means what Dryden Voss ended up as
0: yeah I don't know what the fuck he's called sorry oh, no I, I, I don't
2: I don't that. know that we know what he's called and honestly I like it was just a Oh, no, he's he not human. His, he not. He's humanoid.
1: Well, if his last name is Voss, he might be um, from Kefar. Possibly. Because Voss is obviously a last name we've seen before. And and um, Quinlan Voss is Kefar.
2: Yeah, but I mean, well, that's possible. I mean, just side note, stupid use of alien. Honestly, like stupid use of like calling him an alien. Like you put... A cool effect on his face i know it's just i don't know that was annoying
1: yeah it was dumb as hell sorry keeks i misunderstood your question oh
0: sorry as usual i wasn't really speaking oh i really. mean <laughs> it's fine
1: but yeah no like i you know i can't even imagine how much death would have been brought to this character by actually making him a illasat like i just it makes me mad is the end of the story um uh our friend emma of um sapphic skywalker's um emphasis underscore nest on twitter <laughs> she just recently uh rebranded herself and i fucking love it um she says how much better would it have been if val was beckett after the train heist and how would you end her story with han um number one i am i was like all aboard the val should have been beckett train like pretty much walking out of the theater, like she was, a much more interesting character like we've seen I mean Woody Harrelson only plays Woody Harrelson but we've seen his type of character a million billion fucking times like Val have been so much more interesting um
2: rolling my eyes right now just at the mention of Woody Harrelson
1: I know and like honestly I don't I don't necessarily know specifics of how I would end Val's story with Han if that had been the way it had gone but she would have been smart enough to not get dead so there's that <laughs> I don't think they would have even had to change it, and I think they could have kept her alive. I think they could have kept her. I, I think no. I don't think she would have gotten shot by Han at the end because she's
0: not that fucking stupid. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what I mean. Sorry. Agree.
2: Yeah, I think I think again it would have been I, so I much more interesting. I don't
0: think they would have had to change fucking anything. Yeah, else. I agree with that. Keith. And
2: also, like Beckett's turn was just so telegraphed.
0: I know.
2: Like I, I just, it was just. Again, like, this is what we were talking about, the big risk to this type of storytelling. If you keep telling the same stories from the same voices, then there is no reason for fans to buy in.
1: Absolutely. Um,
2: And I do think... And, like, again, we all liked this movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I plan to watch this movie many times, (laughs) but, like, it was, like, I think it was a... Safe and boring choice to go with Woody Harrelson in the you know, rough mentor type that he's played a million times in his career, and he's he's good at it. That is his that is his niche, and he's good at it. But I'm bored. So they say. Um But I'm bored of it. Yeah.
1: Totally. Um at Celestial Intent, Ajana, longtime listener, friend of the pod. Hi. Um, so she says, please talk about highly wasted Andy Newton. Just yes. Like yes, they wasted Thandy Newton, absolutely. I mean, Chris, you saying that um Beckett's turn was super telegraphed. I mean, Thani Newton being a significantly more skilled actor, she wouldn't have done that. So
2: Yeah. Boom. Yeah.
1: First of fucks.
2: Like um, honestly, I cared I cared she there was more emotion in her like goodbye to Beckett than there was in Beckett's entire like thing.
1: Oh my god, tell me about it, yeah. LOL,
0: LOL. I
2: also didn't LOL. think that Beckett as also, a character was written particularly well.
0: Do you want to
2: talk into the microphone, Chris? Sure, don't.
0: Nope. Um. I also didn't think that like Sandy's character. I was like, "What the? Fu- what do you mean she's gonna fucking die?" I know. It wasn't like a horror. It wasn't like a horror film. Like, of course, the black guy <laughs> dies first, sort of <laughs> situation. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" whoa. I know. <laughs> Wait. Totally. Totally i totally right. I was fucking pissed. I mean, we were all pissed, yeah. but... But I was just, I, I was kind of like slack-jawed in the theater. It was
1: ridiculous. Um, uh, Adriana goes on, um, we really need more of Enfys Nest. Yes, we stand. Yep. <laughs> um, also, we tried to... I remember after we got out of the showing with Bria, we tried to look up the actress and see what else she had been in. And she's a total newcomer, and we look forward to seeing the rest of her career because she's she did a great job, I thought, um, in Solo. And... She's happy, so I'm into that. <laughs> She's half black.
0: Um, yeah,
2: I'm. I'm just excited to see, you know, the implications of more crossovers. Like, what I what I don't want is for us to get into the habit of the books being where we get these like really personal profiles and like we get an emphasis Nest book and never hear from her again. Kind of like we got the Phasma book.
1: Yeah, like I mean, I would love an Emphasis Nest book, but I want her to pop up more definitely. Exactly. Like, I, what 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 I want. What I would want is to see a little bit more of how the larger Rebellion formed. Because, as we know, um, it came together and coalesced from different Rebel cells. And, you know, we, we learned that from Rebels. And, of course, Emphis is leading the Cloud Riders, who are a different cell. And I just want to know how they all... Come together, and obviously there are differences in culture and methodology. And I just want to know all about how that worked out. Mm-hmm. And get Kimmy Smiths in there to do some some shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I totally. Oh, I no. want it. I want it to be interconnected. I want the storytelling to, to be in, integrated, not just we get an emphasis nest book.
1: Exactly. Like that would be super fun. Um, also, um, sidebar but related, um, all the people out there who were like. Theorizing that Enthus nest is Val and Beckett's daughter. You know what? There are more half-black, half-white people in the galaxy far, far away. I assume it's a whole galaxy. Maybe she's someone else's kid. Jesus Christ!
2: I don't. I don't think it anymore. I did think it at the time, just because of like the emphasis that was put on, like she was like staring right into Beckett's eyes, and she's like, my mother would have done this if she had still worn the mask,
1: because she hated his guts, but not
0: because.
2: I mean, yeah. yes, I get that now, but in the moment, it like it felt like there was more significance to that statement.
0: Racist? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah okay. Well, I thought the same fucking thing. It's the, yes, it's racist, but also it's like movies. <laughs> movies do yeah, that I know, sometimes.
1: But fuck it. Um, Southern cynic, long time listener, dear, dear, dear friend of the pod, um, who who I'm very excited to finally get a hug in Chicago at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> She says, "You can probably guess what I want you to scream about until your throat is raw and your your listeners' ears are bleeding." Um, so we've talked about half of it, but also, like, where the fuck is my race loan movie?
2: Yep. <laughs> fuck.
1: Like, for the love of Christ.
2: Yeah, but no, I mean, like, stop, stop treating characters of color as expendable. I know. You never, you you, you wouldn't have considered Beckett to be expendable when like the writers of this film, would it would have never crossed their minds that somebody in Beckett's role would have been expendable.
0: You fucking said it. Stop
2: treating characters of color as they're expendable.
0: Also, like, there's a whole... Ray Sloan a whole fucking backstory. Like, stop making backstories for people and they're not giving us more stuff because you're afraid of putting black people on screen. Yeah, because we
1: all know Black Panther did horribly at the box office.
2: Oh my god. So that's that's the go most infuriating part nice. of the fucking... Like fan bros thinking that they them boycotting solo is the reason it didn't do as well as people thought.
1: Yo, people are so dumb. Um, Why are people are so dumb?
2: I'm I'm very much hoping that we see Ray Sloan in john Favreau's TV series because it's set in the right time period.
1: Mm, oh my god, please Jesus! Because otherwise, I'm going to actually mail them. I'm going to poop in a bag and mail it to them. <laughs> other other thoughts from Maya um, outside my rose. Um, Chris, I'm going to let you take this one because this is about yeah. Last Shot. Um, but she says, uh, why does Star Wars bother with canon books if they're just going to ignore all the characterization set up in them and turn a badass lady droid into a dumb sexy bot? Obviously referring to L3.
2: Yep. So, um.
1: I haven't read the, like, neither Keeks nor I have read Last Shot yet. Yes. So, um, Chris uh,
2: so. Without getting too much into spoiler territory, I know we're actually going to read Last Shot pretty soon. Um. I... I was not a huge fan of many of the L three scenes that people are frustrated with. I didn't love that she died, although I expected it based on last shot. Um, I the scene between her and Amelia Clark was very very stupid.
1: Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that um, I was talking to my um, coworker Joe, who's also the creator of all our our logo and our artwork and everything um, about the movie, and he said he felt like. Uh, the that bit you were talking about, Chris, with um, L three and Kira on the ship when they're just talking, the two of them. He felt Hashtag like girl talk. Oh God, um, he felt that that was improv left over from Miller and Lord, which I thought was interesting
2: because it was so damn awkward. Yeah, that'd anyway, be really interesting. Go on. Um, I did not like that scene. However. I don't know that I agree with you that they ignored all of the characterization set up in last shot. And I'll be really interested to come back to this question after we read last shot, but to me, L3 was a very complex character in last shot, including like it being mentioned that she was a sexual being in last shot. And while the, Oh, Lando's so super in love with me. Bit was really stupid. I, I didn't necessarily see it as ignoring her characterization in last shot. So I'll be, I would actually love to talk, like to talk more about that. Like I'm, I'm very aware of my own blind spots here in this episode. And that's why like with many of these things where I am not necessarily agreeing with things that are said, I want to talk more so that I can understand if it's a blind spot or if I just don't agree.
1: Right. Like uh, I, like. Uh, reg- like aside from the fact that you're the only of one of the three of us who has led re- last shot, you are not the ideal person to be answering oh, this question. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this is all we can do right now. Yeah. But um, we're we're reading Catalyst next, and then, um, then last after, shot that- after that, yes, after that, we're reading Last Shot. So Maya, we'll get back to you. Definitely. Yeah.
2: So uh, I want to come back to this, Maya. I would actually love to talk to you. Like whenever this airs, hit me up on Twitter because I would actually love to chat with you more about this. Um, and see. And, and talk about this more because I don't know that I agree with you. That said, I agree with your point that the canon books and the m- movies and all the media should intersect with each other in terms of characterization. Totally. So I agree with your point. I'm not sure I agree with your specifics and would like to talk about it more.
1: Yeah. I mean, Lord knows you're just a dumb white boy. So. I
2: mean, I know it too.
1: Yep. Unfortunately it costs money to get rid of you now, yep, so I can't say exactly.
2: anything about it. No, um. but like but but in all seriousness, like <laughs> I, I I think part of the problem of solo and some of the more recent Star Wars media is that Lucasfilm is not aware of its blind spots. Absolutely. And I think that the creators need to be aware of their blind spots and we as fans need to be aware of our blind of our blind spots mm-hmm. to like make sure that we're really putting out a product that is as good as it can be, as enjoyable as it can be for everybody, including marginalized fans. And is just an all-around new and good and stimulating storytelling experience.
1: Um. So, uh, final final um social media topic that we're going to touch upon is from Shane joy twenty six, who's been with us since the beginning. Hi, Shannon. Um. So she would like us to talk about um Star Wars fandom's quote unquote controversy of the week, <laughs> which is um. Can you please talk about how a fan group who built up their own importance um, with um, an IP in their heads, because they they were around when it wasn't when there wasn't any content happening, and are now confronting the fact that said IP has moved beyond them and are acting like children about it. Um, sorry about stumbling over quoting that because I'm drunk, um, but. <laughs> Uh the thing that Shane is talking about um as of this recording it's June 5th and we have been a lot of discussion about motherfucking Rebel Force Radio which is a goddamn trash fire for so many reasons not the least the fact that it is run by two white guys who think they are entitled to Lucasfilm's ear because they are quote unquote real fans Who uh, believe in the EU and hated The Last Jedi and think that giving a platform to people who are racist, misogynistic, and all-around goddamn assholes is a legitimate thing. And that everyone's opinions should be heard, even though some of those opinions uh, should basically be qualified as hate crimes.
2: I believe they liked The Last Jedi. Which I bring up only because people are going to troll us and be like, y- this one thing was wrong, so everything you said is invalid. Everything else you said is valid.
1: Okay, fine. They like The Last Jedi. They're still retweeting people who hate The Last Jedi, so you know You can eat my ass. Anyway.
2: Yeah, and it's just...
1: You're not... You know what? It's like... We're... It's, it's funny, honestly, because at the end of the day, you know what? People like Rumble Force Radio, they're mad because they're losing. And we're winning.
2: Oh, they've already lost.
1: Oh, absolutely. But, like, the fact that they're losing is coming even more and more into full fruition. And they're just screaming into the void about it. And they're fucking pathetic. And I honestly just sit on side and laugh at them and fucking report their tweets for being horrible, like, bigoted thoughts that they are. Because... You know, at the end of the day, Star Wars isn't perfect. Um, it's it's far from it, and you know, I think um, I and Kristen know that better than anyone because you know of who of who we are as people. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, the fact that we are talking about um, issues of representation. Um, You know, all across the board, not just in Star Wars, but in society, um, in other forms of media, um, in government, everything, I think is, you know, there are people out there who find it squeaky because it's impolite and because they don't want to think about the fact that um, they have been benefiting from privilege all this time or the fact that they could possibly be wrong or the fact that they could possibly be less, like, not actually as important as um, society has led them to believe they are. But we're talking about it and, you know, the sorrows what matters. Hashtag, you know, we started it because we because we knew how important it was to talk about it. Because without talking about it, nothing's ever going to change. And although we have a long way to go, the fact of the matter is that, like, things are changing for the better and they're not happening nearly so fast as any of us want, want it to. But they fucking lost and they're fucking throwing a fucking two-year-old tantrum about it. And... You know solo's not perfect but it's proving that more than ever by the fact that oh my god we had a fucking female character who actually had an interesting character arc and was a complex person and didn't die after five seconds and 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 like i think that's fucking awesome so yeah rebel force radio can eat my yellow asian butthole and die in a fire
2: and I mean, the only thing I would add to that is
0: <laughs> Chris is like same, but also, um,
2: this is a podcast that has not only denied very obvious harassment of, uh, specifically Kelly Marie Tron, but also just general creators like Kathleen Kennedy, um,
0: not our podcast. No, 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 not our podcast. Sorry. To
2: this clear. Rebel Force Radio.
0: The podcast. Not us. We are discussing. God, Jesus.
2: Sorry. Rebel Force Radio is a podcast that has denied that harassment of women and people of color in this fandom is an issue.
1: I actually feel very oppressed by you, Chris, constantly. Yep.
2: Um, have uh, accused people who talk about that issue of making it up to make, to aggrandize themselves. Have then turned around and started harassment campaigns against fellow Star Wars podcasts, Star Wars bloggers and Star Wars creators including Ch- uh f- favorite of the pod Chuck Wendig.
1: Chuck Wendig, they've gone after making Star Wars, they gone after Tossy Station, like it's yeah. ridiculous. They so
2: they're if they're if they're not the center of attention, then they try to grab back that spotlight and it's and and they try to hide behind the fact that they're very genteel about it and they don't call they don't quote unquote don't call people names and all this bullshit while also- they're giving all this misogyny and racism and toxicity in the fandom a platform on their uh admittedly large listener base.
1: Right. Like, I mean, the fact that unfortunately they're hiding behind the shield, that is the fact that they are two white men who've been running a Star Wars podcast that was one of the first.
2: Yep, absolutely. And it's exhausting this is not the first time we've addressed a Rebel Force Radio controversy on this podcast. It is the first time that we've called them out by name uh, because we believe, and specifically Kate and Kristen believe, and I agree with them, that we really need to call this out and call out the bad in, the bad actors in this fandom and the people who, given given their way, would ruin it for everybody else just so they could have their way. And we need to call it out and excise it from the fandom and take away their power.
1: Fuck yeah, we do. Like, at the end of the day, there's this. We have won. Your time is over. And we're going to do everything we can to either make you better people or chase you the fuck off Twitter so we don't have to look at your disgusting faces anymore.
2: Yep.
0: Have you ever heard of the tragedy of Darth Vader? Oh my god. Anyway, Easter eggs! (laughs) Oh! (laughs) <laughs> uh i love putting a good end cap on uh, uh right. good good is the subjective word there anyway easter eggs
2: my favorite was uh without a doubt i hate you and i know
0: it's <laughs> so good mine was Han shot first i love that a lot
2: i did i did love that
0: it was fucking great um there are a few
1: here because of course i wrote every single one of them down that i could remember because <laughs> it's me um, obviously, the mall cameo was great. Um, my favorite personal one was that um, in the first Sabak game against Lando, where Lando cheated, um, Han's imaginary ship that he bet was a VCX-100, which is the same ship model as the Ghost, piloted by Harrison Dula, and... <laughs> and in an episode of forces of destiny she and han have this hysterical little argument over whose ship is better and um she forces han to admit that the ghost is better so han was lusting after a vcx long before he ever met General and doula and it's beautiful um other ent- entertaining things apparently uh becky killed Aura singh the bounty hunter who appeared in the phantom menace and in the clone wars um, and was, um, Hondo's, erstwhile of all, girlfriend, which was a thing that happened. <laughs> um, Val mentions <laughs> that she wanted to hire a Boss, and it said Beckett, of course, hired Han and Chewie. Like, a couple times Didn't she say Boss? <laughs> I She said it at least once. Or was it just Either way, once? I was, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it quite a bit, because it was funny. Um, and... Oh, my, my other favorite thing is that we finally got live-action pikes, who we so far have only seen on the Clone Wars series. Of course, they run um, a significant crime syndicate. And honestly, like, pike aliens, like, are some of my favorite species in Star Wars. They're just so cool um, to me, at least visually. And they've got... I just I just love them, like, coughing. Like, whatever the fuck weird smog on Kira just, like, fucking killed <laughs> me. Anyway, I was very excited. I expected them to be taller. They're up t- the The... The... The, the pike major domo seemed a little a li- a little bit small for a pike, but you know, it's okay. Diminutive. He's a little short for a pike, but that's okay. But that's all I
0: got. <laughs> that was yep. great. All
2: right. Well, we've gone super long. Thank you all for listening to our thoughts on Solo, our thoughts on the future of Star, Lo- Star Wars storytelling. And remember, if there's anything you take away from this podcast, it is be a positive force in the fandom, and at the same time, give no quarter to racists and bigots, and do not let that like do not let them like fucking both sides you and like claim that you're being intolerant because you have no requirement to be tolerant of bullshit.
1: Also, like if we ever see a bad battle on the pod, can you call us out because we would like to be better people? Oh
2: yeah, that too, definitely. Yes. We don't want to be yeah, we don't want to be these bad actors either. So no. help us not do that. Yeah. And with that. Again, thank you for listening. Our next episode... Well, actually, we don't know when this is coming out. I don't know what the fuck's going
0: on.
2: We're presumably still going to be reading Catalyst by James Luceno. Maybe chapters one through six. Maybe chapters seven through something else. Who knows? Uh, But hit up our last regular episode to see the exact number of chapters that we're reading here. Uh, The beauty of bonus episodes. This is the content that you all pay money for. Hit us up on Twitter. no money. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr, BookWarsPod on all those platforms. Email us, BookWarsPod at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Megafeed. Maybe don't rate us after listening to that description of what we're reading next, but rate <laughs> us based on your your overall experience with the pod. Um, and if you are inclined and have the means, please do donate to Tashi Station Radio's Patreon and the BookWarsPod coffee. It really does help us cover our hosting and production costs for the show. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. I am Chris for Kate and Kristen. Thank you, as always, to listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. And we will talk to you whenever our next episode is.
1: Thank you to listening, really?
2: Did I say thank you to listening? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
1: Stimulating is a funny word.